look forward to retirement and avoid the pitfalls. Keep listening for ways to maximize your retirement income. More Than Money with the Popowich Carmelli Advisory Group, CIBC Woodgundy, on News Talk 770. Lifestyle matters. It's more than money. Welcome to another edition of More Than Money on 770 CHQR. I'm joined today with uh, the other partner on our team, Andrew Mass and Faisal Away. So, Andrew, thanks for stepping in. Oh, I'm glad to be here, Dave. You know, it was um, it was an interesting week. We got a pretty cool show. Uh, we're going to talk about some, uh, I think, a pretty interesting idea that has pr- been proposed to make sure that you never run out of money. The number one fear that we hear from people, uh, and we've literally talked to thousands of people over the years now, is running out of money. Yeah, and running out of money means a lot of different things to a lot of people, Dave. And that could be, you know, from from a, a just a dollar perspective out of their portfolio to um, how long they live. So yeah. it's it's a it's a wide ranging topic. Yeah, well, there's um, there's a product in the United, a financial product in the United States called longevity insurance. We're going to explore what that means, what it is, and uh, what it might take in order to get into Canada because it's not here yet. Stick around for that. Um, we're also going to uh, be joined by the Calgary Fire Department. Uh, you know, we often talk a little bit about um, about safety and aging in place. Everybody wants, everybody that we talk to, the vast majority, would like to stay in their home as long as possible. But we know that there are some risks as you age. Yep. Right? Uh, mobility risks. Mm-hmm. Our families have been touched by dementia risks. Yep. Right? That creates some unique op- um, problems, I guess, or challenges. And so we're going to talk to the Calgary uh, the Fire Department. It's Fire Prevention Week in a couple of weeks. We're going to get a bit of a jump on that and get okay. some guidance as to um, as to what they think and some tips and tricks to make sure everybody stays uh, stay safe stay safe uh, let's talk about this week I, I found it a very interesting week it's kind of water cooler time um, is there anything in particular that sort of caught your attention or you you know questions from from clients and people that had called you you know I we tend to get a lot of people talking about you know what's going on in the markets in particular what's happening with uh, with the US and and some of the uh, the NAFTA discussions that are taking place and concern around that and concern where markets are moving um, and and I remind people that if you think about it the Dow Jones just just as as a note um, hit an all-time high yesterday mm-hmm. uh, it, the prior high was at the end of January mm-hmm. so Remember, sometimes we have to take lows before we get new highs again. So um, it's just in one particular swoop that we've seen this. So, you know, it's been it's been an interesting roller coaster for, let's say, the last six, eight months. So, uh, yeah, I think that's really interesting. So we've gotten back to where we were in kind of late January. Um, what's been holding us back a little bit, of course, is the concern around uh, around trade tariffs and the trade war. And what was interesting this week is we got an escalation. In, mm-hmm. the, in the trade dispute between China yes. and the U.S. Now, not to diminish the, the NAFTA negotiations, um, but NAFTA is important to us as Canadians. Mm-hmm. Um, China and U.S. is important globally, right? Absolutely and what, it is. It was interesting. had lots of calls and questions and, and conversation with people around, well, you know, we're, we're terrified of, the, um, you know, of this escalation happening. And then we get the escalation and markets rally on the news. Right? Yes. Equity markets worldwide rally on the news. You see international markets in particular making a big bounce back, which have been depressed because of these concerns. And people are you know, kind of scratching their head going, what's going on? Yeah, there's a lot of head scratching. And there's a lot of different things that happen. But you know, there's, there's 
other things at bay that people don't talk about. For example, the Chinese tax, they, they've, they've got some tax cuts within their, their realm, um, amongst other things. So, you know, while trade tariffs are, are definitely, you know, Trump tax and trade are definitely on the forefront of people's minds, they have to remember that globally speaking, in our global economy, things are different. Well, and, and I think to your point here, the you know, what was surprising was perhaps the um, measured approach at which the escalation took place. So mm -hmm. I don't think it was a surprise to anybody that President Trump uh, did apply tariffs to an additional $200 billion worth of goods. I think that was fairly well forecast. And the Chinese had been very clear on the fact that they would respond in kind. Mm -hmm. um, but the expectation on those tariffs was in the order of 25%. What we see is 10% or less. Yep. Um, now, there is an escalation clause in the U.S. They've indicated in the new year that they could potentially hike those to 25. But that particular, um, you know, uh, surprise is really what allowed markets to rally in the sense that perhaps something worse was being priced in. Well, and there was other pieces in mind, too. Like it only affected a, a certain amount of companies, too. It didn't affect certain companies as, as what was originally forecast. So that's what helped drive things further as well. For example, Apple. Yeah. There hasn't been a lot of, um, of consumer impact on the tariffs so far. Um, you know, one of the things that, um, uh, that we saw this week was uh, President Trump attacking the price of oil. So, you know, uh, Iranian sanctions will be coming into effect uh, in November. There's already changes being made that's taking some supply out. We're seeing oil prices go higher. Concerns mm -hmm. that that's going to affect you, me, and the average Canadian and American in their pocketbook when they have to go fill up at the pumps, right? Yep. President Trump trying to avoid that and putting some pressure on OPEC to try to increase production, increase supply of oil to keep prices stable and or moving lower, not higher. So we'll see uh, We'll see how successful uh, the Trump administration can be with, with respect to that. There's some indication that the Saudis are quite comfortable at this particular point letting the prices uh, move up a little higher from here. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose on Monday, you know, after the meetings, the OPEC meetings this weekend, we'll be talking a little bit about what the outcome is, and um, and and we'll take it from there. But with an expanding economy, Dave, oil price going up fractionally mm -hmm. in comparison to what it was, we're not anywhere near a hundred and forty dollar oil that we saw no, eleven years ago. Yeah. So there's a lot of runway in which one can maneuver. Now, if oil prices were to spike substantially that's a different conversation altogether but i don't think that we're seeing that at current levels yeah so let, i just want to swing back before i finish our my my thinking and the conversations i had about about the um surprise on the on the um the trade side it, you know it it's interesting if i think about the conversations that i had um with a number of people not just clients but individuals and talking about the fear built in there it's a reinforcement to me andrew that um, it, there's a lot of moving pieces, right? And it's um, you need to have you need to have a thesis about what's going on. Mm -hmm. But the fact of the matter is, uh, there's no crystal ball, as everybody knows, and so it's impossible to predict with certainty how all of these pieces are going to happen, mm -hmm. right? And um, and as such, I think you need when you're planning, like when you're doing your retirement planning, lifestyle planning, which ultimately boils down to some form of, uh, of an investment planning, uh, you need to be humble enough to say, okay, so in the broader context here, this is the direction we think we're moving. But it would, I think, be imprudent to say there's only one path we can take to get from A to B. It is always surprising to people that there's multiple paths, right? 
Well, and multiple plots. So first thing I'm picking up on that, just just for my say, is that, you know it brings back to you know Advisor 101. Uh, you know, diverse, diversification is right. the most important thing you can possibly do with your portfolio, especially when you have moments like this. So this just reinforces why you do that um, as a key metric. But moving on to that, you know, you need to look at your financial plan as an individual if you're moving into retirement or getting close to it or even just trying to build up to it mm -hmm. um, to see what kind of um, return you need to make this thing work. So if you need 10%, you have a, a completely different sort of view or what direction and risk you have to take than somebody that needs three. Right. And I don't think people have gotten the idea that you know what while it's great to blow the lights out and earn 22 25 30 percent um it's also just as painful to go the opposite direction and then what did i really need to do how much risk did i really need to take on to make sure i hit my target my goal my direction i'm glad you brought up this notion of diversification um I, haven't, I wasn't thinking about that till you said that word, but when I think about, again, conversations, not just over the past week, but call it over the past six months, yeah. one of the things that has not, in fact, it, not only has it not been rewarded, it's actually been punished, and that's diversification this year. Oh, last year as well. There's one trade in town, right? Mm -hmm. It's been a long U.S. equity trade yep. for, call it, 18 months at least. Um, and, and, and that's interesting because... We have lots of conversations about, should you still hold bonds in your portfolio? Should I still have Canadian equities in my portfolio? Should I have, you know, European or whatever? Should I have diversification or should it be just a pile-on trade, right, in one market and in one asset class? And I think, I think you know, hearing people's concerns and tension and the FOMO, the fear of missing yeah. out, it's, it, it continues to build as this singular trade works. And, you know, that, that scares me um, as, a, as an investor, as an advisor, as an individual. Because I go back to years like, uh, you know, we saw people pile into markets back in the early 2000s when the fall of Nortel happened in the tech wreck. Right. We saw people move into different products, different types of services, and, and more online um, in 2000 out during the financial crisis. Right. And, one thing is in common is that you know diversification is the only free lunch you have and if you do it you're going to be in a better boat or better position in the long run boy it's it's hard to believe that for people over the past 18 months but we oh, yeah. we know we know mathematically right and in historically well, how that's worked but, but it is a very frustrating trade for people yeah and in the past 18 months let's 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 call it what it is there's five stocks on the S&P 500 that have driven most of the returns this year i sort of joke about it i call it make america great again actually what it means is microsoft <laughs> amazon google and apple <laughs> Those are the four that have done it. So um, we got to watch out for these things. Well, that's sketchy. I got to like tell you. that. Eh? Nice. <laughs> Working on that one for a bit. Okay. Uh, yeah. So diversification is is a topic of interest that we'll I, I think uh, likely to continue to talk a little bit about. But we're running out of time, so we've got to wrap up this uh, this segment. We're going to be talking about all of these things. You know, how do you pull it all together, and how do you put together a strategy appropriate for the lifestyle you want to lead, the assets you've accumulated. Right, and the income you need to support that. And we're going to do that at our upcoming seminar. Yeah, upcoming seminar coming on uh, Tuesday, October 23rd, 7 o'clock p.m. at the Oak Ridge Co-op Wine Spirits Beer. Um, we're looking forward to uh, talk about you know, not only profit and protecting these markets, but how can you generate that income to carry your lifestyle forward um, as that's our key driver uh, in what we do. You can give us a call to register. 403-966-8400. That's 966-8400. Or at morethanmoneyradio.ca. Yeah, or even you can go to pkag.ca, Popwitch Carmelli Advisory Group, uh, advisory group and uh, get a hold of us there. 
Okay, um, listen, we've got to uh, we got to take a break here, but stick around after the break because we're going to talk a little bit more um, about uh, marijuana stocks, taxes, and how to potentially push the tax man back a little bit. Stick around for that. You're on 770 CHQR and more than money. Welcome back here with Dave and Andrew. You're on 770 CHQR and more than money. Um, Andrew's sitting in for Faisal today, and thank you for doing that, my friend. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show and co-host with me. It's it's great to be here. I wish I did it more often. Well, we'll work on that yeah. since uh, Faisal seems to be on holiday on a regular basis now. <laughs> he's not here to defend himself, as our long-term listeners know. I like to take shots at him when he's not around. Um, okay, <laughs> enough of that. Um, I, I tell you what I do want to uh, talk a little bit about here. Uh, you know, we talked about we talked in, in the first segment a little bit about uh, diversification yeah. Um, and risk and so on and so forth. So over the course of the past week, um, you know, when talking to um, to Gordon, to Joe, we, we talk a lot. We talked a lot about pot stocks this week. Um, and I'm going to start with with Tilray as an example. OK, mm-hmm. but I, I want to talk about a broader perspective because uh, I, I don't want this to be necessarily a negative conversation, but the volatility um, and, and the risk in in pot stocks at this particular time. I think can be accurately demonstrated with what we saw with Tilray's stock this week. Wow. Yeah, it was nothing. It was, sh- it was, it was the only word you can describe that. It was nothing short of wow. Um, so in the course of one trading day, Tilray's stock uh, started day at about, so Tilray's traded on the U.S. exchange, Canadian company, but traded in, in the U.S. and yep. it is, it's a um, cannabis company. Yeah, the stock went from $151 up to three hundred dollars, mm-hmm. back to one hundred and fifty-one dollars, and then finish the day forty percent higher. Yes, and we're talking these swings could happen in literally minutes, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the stock ended uh, ended the week trading, you know, below one hundred and thirty-five bucks. I don't know the exact number was, but think about that. In in the course of two days, somebody could have purchased that stock at its high of three hundred. And then been disappointed with it and sold it at call it one thirty five and lost fifty five sixty percent of their money in a day. Well, and let's let's bring into perspective what happened last year. What was the big trade last year? Bitcoin. Right. And so you saw that go up to twenty thousand, and now it's sitting about six thousand dollars a coin. Yeah. So a significant difference. The only difference here is that you saw a massive swing in a very short period of time. Yeah. And I, I want to be clear, and I don't because I don't want any uh, hate mail on this. I mean, I'm not saying Tilray is a good company or a bad company. I'm just uh, I'm using it as an example to demonstrate the kind of volatility and risk. And it's not for the faint of heart, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, now we also talked about. Uh, let's just talk generally about uh, pot stocks and valuations because there's lots of concern about the valuations here, right? So uh, these companies, in terms of their prices, uh, stock prices, are pricing in a lot of growth. Yes. Right? A lot of growth. And so you need to do your due diligence on these uh, positions, whether it's, mm-hmm. you know, the old dot-com stuff, right? Yep. A lot of people made money in the dot-com. A lot of people made money in mining. A lot of people money made it oil and can- uh, cannabis mm-hmm. and so on. So not saying it's a bad space to be, but the due diligence becomes absolutely critical here because if you get on the wrong side of that or if you don't know what you're doing – you could really create some damage for yourself. Well, and I think there's a lot to worry about. Like, what is cannabis going to be priced at? And and not just in the store, but 
what's the, the supplier going to su supply that at and how much does it cost to make it? And that really hasn't been figured out properly yet because the market will do what the market wants to do. It, it, it has nothing. It's a supply and demand equation. Yeah. It's well, nothing else. Yeah. There's lots of moving parts on yeah. it, right? I don't, I, you know, there's going to be a market. There's no question about that. There's going to be winners. There's going to be some losers. Absolutely. It might be bigger. It might be smaller. Right. It's probably not just a Canadian story, right? Mm -hmm. there, you know, so you, you got to be, when you're doing your analysis, you got to figure that stuff out. Now, um, Again, not picking on them because there's been a lot of money made. So let's talk yeah. about this because there's there's a unique problem in Canada with people that were uh, that got in early on cannabis stocks. Absolutely. The problem is you've made a whole bunch of money. Now, if you got to have a problem, let's pick that one. Yeah. Okay. But you know this problem can go beyond oil and uh, me uh, cannabis stocks. It can go to oil and gas. It can oh. go to financials. It can go to a whole bunch Apple, of people. Apple, Netflix. You, you, know, name you name it. it. You yeah. name it. This is not a cannabis story. But in Canada, um, we do have a lot of people that if you're in a, early on that trade. You have made a tremendous amount of money. Mm -hmm. Now, that's that's terrific. Um, but what happens is as these individual positions or your industry exposure to cannabis has just kind of blown up, right? It's just gone higher and higher and higher. What happens in your portfolio is that position becomes overweighted. It represents too much of your overall portfolio, right? We call this concentration risk. That's the industry term, yeah. Yeah, concentration risk. I've got too much concentrated in one stock or one uh, a one sector, and that creates potential problems in the event that things turn, okay? Now, if you've got this concentration risk simply because these securities have done so well for you, okay, if you sell them, you create another problem. Yeah, and that's why people hang on to them. They don't want this problem. It's called tax, right? So if you've got a very low cost base and you sell these securities for a tremendous profit, all of a sudden you're triggering a whole bunch of tax, and I know how people feel about paying a whole bunch of tax. It's not <laughs> A fun situation. So um, I'm going to expand it one step further. So I've got a concentration risk problem. Yep. Okay. That if I solve may create a tax problem. Mm -hmm. And in fact, if you're, let's say you're a retiree and you've participated in that area. If I sell it, create the tax problem, that could create an income problem because I could see a clawback in my old age security. Or other income benefits. Or in the other income benefits. That's right. So I solve one problem and I get all these other problems. Mm -hmm. um, so we were talking a little bit on uh, on Friday, and I want to preface all these comments by saying you need to uh, you need to get proper tax advice on on any tax related um, planning that you're looking at doing. But there are strategies available to investors who have big concentrated positions with big tax problems. Um, ways to do tax-free rollovers. Yes. Take that security that you've got a big gain on, and instead of just selling it okay, to eliminate the concentration risk, you could roll it tax-free or tax-deferred, really, okay, tax-deferred into a different financial product. Yeah. That financial product can then diversify away your risk. So you could go from owning um, Canopy or Aurora or Tilray or whatever you've done really well on, and I could get... Uh, diversification, global diversification, right, yep. at the push of a button. So great. Now I get rid of this concentration risk problem. The second thing, because it's a tax-deferred rollover, okay, I can determine, me as the investor, can determine when I trigger that. Or how much. How much of it I trigger, right, through whatever period. So I don't need to take 100% of the capital gain at that moment in time. I can stagger it over a period of time, whatever makes sense from a tax planning perspective, and from an investment perspective. Or if you never knew, just let it keep going and get bigger for the estate. Correct. Right. So it's tax deferred. It's not You're not eliminating any tax, That's but right. you can control the timing. And there's a very big difference between between paying one big lump sum every year and staggering it out over a few years, right? Yeah. Because we have a, 
We have a graduated tax well, code. That's what I was going to say. Basically, in Canadian tax code, it's a graduated system, so you want to be very cautious, especially if you're in retirement years. Yeah. Let, let me go back to the statement you made. This is not a cannabis story. Okay? This is for any uh, you know, position. There's lots of people that own Apple, and they own it at a very low price. Lots of people that bought Amazon at a very low price, and they've just got a gigantic... Um, you know, gain. Lots of oil and gas guys in town, too, yeah. had, you know, have massive capital gains. And they've held those for 20 and 25 years. That's right. So these are, these are tax strategies. Again, get proper tax advice on this. But, but I wanted to raise it because I think it's important in light of all of what we've talked about with, uh, with cannabis. But Absolutely. we're running quickly out of time here, my friend, and we need, to, uh, we need to move on. So how about we remind everybody about our upcoming seminar because we're going to talk about all of this, including proper how to properly position from a tax perspective in your portfolio. And we're going to be doing that on Tuesday, October 23rd at the Co-op Wine Spirits Beer in Oak Ridge, 7 o'clock in the evening. Um, if you'd like to register, please give us a call at 966-8400. That's 966-8400. Or you can register at morethanmoneyradio.com or pkg.ca. If you're worried about outliving your money, stick around for the next, uh, the next segment. You're on uh, 770 CHQR and More Than Money. Welcome back. You're here with Dave and Andrew. You're on 770 CHQR and More Than Money. Andrew, uh, we have literally spoken to thousands of Calgarians, thousands of Canadians, really, um, um, over the years about the notion of retirement and fears. Mm-hmm. And the number one fear that typically comes up is this idea of I'm going to run out of money. It is. Right. And people lay awake at night and uh, I mean, it affects people differently. But this seems to be both anecdotally when we talk to people and empirically what the evidence suggests. The question is, can we do anything about that? Right. Is there is there any financial products that can be put in place, strategies to help alleviate that fear? Oh, I got a smile on my face. I love that idea. (laughs) Alex Lauren is a director of research at the C.D. Howe Institute. And um, Alex is joining us today. Welcome to the show, Alex. Thank you. You've done some research as a group, uh, you know, looking at this issue of living longer and potential insurance options to help offset some of the risk of, uh, of you know, how long people are living. So I think this is a really cool topic that I want to explore a little with uh, a little bit with you. But maybe you can talk to us a little bit about this idea that you guys are exploring or promoting or thinking about called longevity insurance. What is this? Uh, longevity insurance uh, doesn't exist right now in Canada, uh, at least the standalone longevity insurance, the one that uh, that is being uh, talked in that paper we just published. Yes. Uh, but it does. It does exist in the States. Uh, it, it has existed for just a few years, um, three or four years. So it's new in the United States. Uh, the UK is thinking about doing something similar, but it doesn't exist yet in the UK, and it doesn't exist in Canada. But uh, what this paper argue very strongly is that it's needed. We need a longevity insurance in Canada. Now, what is longevity insurance? Uh, the concept is actually pretty simple. We don't know. Uh, no one really knows when when they turn 60 or 65 when they retire. They may retire that at a later age. But, you know, uh, the average retirement age is still uh, 62 or 63. Yep. Uh, they don't know. They don't know how, how long they're, they're going to live. Like, no one really knows. Even if you're healthy, you don't know. Like, no, you know, like it's, it's because it, it, the, the life expectancy is, is, is around 80, uh, like uh, the average male, uh, male, female. It's still around 85. So there's still a good 20 years to your life yep. expectancy. Like, you don't know what t- those 20 years will look like. So you, even if you think you're going to live longer, you don't really know. So... This uncertainty creates the problem you just described. Uh, people, they, they underspend. 
they underspend because they don't know if they're going to live to 100. And if right. they do live to 100, that's 15 years. That's a lot of that's a lot of years to cover, and and you'll need money for those 15 years. And so people that are. I'm not talking about people on pensions, right? Like if you have a pension, it's a generous pension, then you're fine. Like you're going to receive your pension until you die, so you don't have to worry about this. But there's a lot of other people, and, and there's more and more of them, because the baby boomers, more and more of them were on RSPs and on DC plans. So there's more and more people that are retiring that don't have pensions, a good pension. So for those people, they, they need to think about it. And, and the way they think about it is they, they underspend. Like they don't they don't spend as much as they uh, would have if they wouldn't have this uncertainty, this uncertainty uh, when they just retire, like in the first 10 years of their retirement, 10, 15 years. And as you said, that's what most of the studies are showing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, they're worried, so they don't spend as much. And and so that's what longevity insurance would do is um, take take a little bit of money from all of these seniors who wants to participate in 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 the insurance plan. You know, like you, it, if it can cost you ten thousand, fifteen thousand dollar, and if just like an insurance, just like fire insurance or whatever else, um, you. Uh, you may collect on it, right? Like it's mm-hmm. a small premium, but you get a high rewards. And but not everyone will get. Not every house is, uh, get, gets into gets into a fire, right? Like you don't right. you don't know whether you're gonna be whether you're gonna be the one living uh, living longer than ninety or ninety five or eighty five. But if you are, then you collect and and you're safe. Like you know you're gonna get. Like if you pay ten thousand dollar, you know you're gonna get. I don't know. Like there's various calculations. You can get eighty thousand dollar yearly for the rest of your life. Could be hundred thousand. Could be seventy five. Like the the actual number doesn't really matter. What matters is that it's cheap, right? It's cheap because not only a small percentage of the people collects the money, right. and so that's insurance. So explain that kind of insurance doesn't exist. Yeah, so let's jump in because some people think uh, that are listening right now will be saying, well, you know, you could buy an annuity to cover off that longevity risk. How is it different than an annuity? Extremely different because an annuity is very expensive. Uh, like if, if if you want, for example, like you, you'd have to put pretty much all of your money, all of your savings into that annuity in order to get something that's like. That's reasonable. Like that will cover your expenses for like suppose you want a fifty thousand dollar yearly annuity or forty thousand dollar yearly annuity, and you buy it at sixty or sixty five. That's going to be really expensive. You may not even have enough money to buy right. it. Like right, it, yeah. it, and but if you if you want that same annuity, but you want you want it to start at age ninety or ninety five. Um, you know, like the chances you get there are low, and so the cost will be very low, much lower. So you will have, you will keep all that flexibility in your early retirement years, and that's what retirees want. They want in their early retirement years to have a lot of flexibility. They want to be able to withdraw as much as they want, but they don't because there's always that uncertainty um, on top of their head right there. They're always worried, and, and the studies have shown that they don't. So that's why it would be such a, a useful product. That sort of goes with my whole um, uh, no-go, uh, my, my three levels of retirement, Dave, which is, right. you know, like the, the go-go years, the first 10 or 15 years, you're doing a lot of stuff. The slow-go years, you're not doing as much in your mid-70s to 80s, and then maybe 85-plus, the no-go years, we're not going nowhere. But I guess the real question is, is um, um, in regards to that, Alex, is there any bar- what barriers are in place right now in Canada that's holding up back and getting this type of insurance for for Canadians moving forward? 
Yeah, that's it. Uh, there, there are barriers, and and they're all. The, the funny thing is, they're all easy. For, they would be very easy for government, and there it's mostly the federal government to address. The first one is the tax rules. Funny enough, it's it's not it's not allowed under tax rules really because people would want to use their uh, registered uh, income, like the the tax deferred income that they have in their registered retirement plans. And they, but they cannot use that money because they need to take it out first, pay the tax, mm-hmm. then buy the product. They cannot leave it in there. Like mm-hmm. I, I can explain the tax rules, but right now they don't. And that would be a very simple tax rule to allow them to do that. So that's one. So they can't do that with their registered money. So if you take all of your money out, you pay the taxes. You pay a lot of taxes, obviously, yep. and then, yep. you, and then you buy it. But even if you do that. You can't because there's another tax rule that says, oh, you know what, like for a different annuity, uh, you're going to have to pay money uh, every year until you get to 95 or 90 or whatever the the, the commencement date. Mm-hmm. You're still going to have to pay income tax on an actual that doesn't really exist. It's an implied, it's an imputed interest. And all of this is very complicated. And so no one's going to buy this. So you need to change that tax rule, too. Uh, there's another rule that needs to be changed uh, if if we want the maximum age for a different annuity to be greater than 90. So all sorts of little rules like that that could be changed pretty easily, and that's I think that's the that's what that's why uh, the the study we just released is so powerful. It it shows like how easy it would be actually all all implementable. And then there's other things, you know. There's education. We need to we need to educate people. If if this product becomes av- av- available, mm-hmm. like we like. You know, like uh, not everyone is a uh, is a is a finance specialist. Not everyone would know really the value of this. Uh, Probably your financial advisor will not sell it to you because they won't get any. You know, it's a one-time premium. You don't get Mm -hmm. your trailer fees or anything, or you don't like you know you don't get your MER. So like a lot of people will not have the incentive to sell it to you. So you know, like there's going to be an education uh, that will have to be done, uh, and all sorts of other things like really that are like other changes to, to, to regulations that would have to be done so that, you know, the insurance companies don't take undue risk because, you know, it, it's kind of a, it's a tough insurance to offer, obviously, because it's a payment that will start only in 2025 20, years. So there's a lot of things can happen in 2025 20, years. So, you know, you have to be, you have to be careful that your insurance companies are taking, uh, are, are taking in the, the right reserves uh, amounts and yeah. things like that. So, yeah. you know, there's all sorts of little things, but it's, it's fe- feasible. That's, that's what the study says. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, as industry guys yourself, I think that would be a fantastic product for uh, financial product and strategy for, uh, you know, for people. Uh, to protect who are, who are fearful of that. But I'm interested in the early indication uh, out of the United States. So you say that's it's been in place for a few years. What what, what does it look like? Are, are, what's the adoption rate and what's the experience so far with uh, insurance companies? Do you know? Well, we tried. We tried to know. Uh, our author um, went to the sources in the U.S. and it, it costed like thousands of dollars to get those uh, those detailed data, and and they were not even complete. So, um, so so we didn't. Obviously, it was too expensive for what we would get. So we don't really have data yet. But you know, just like you know, from hearsay or qualitative evidence, uh, it, it seems to you know be picking up. But pretty slowly but you would expect that too because of that educational piece right it takes it could take up to a generation for people to get accustomed to this just like it it took like more than a generation for life insurance to pick up right so it's it it could be it 
could be what's happening in the states. Uh, but you know, there is there's definitely some pickup. Like there's a, you know a, the product is being sold and it's it's working, but it may you know a, a lot of people probably still don't know about it. Alex, thank you for joining us today. My pleasure. We've been joined by Alex Lauren, director of research at the C.D. Howe Institute, and talking about longevity insurance and where that may go. Speaking of longevity, right, and this fear about living your money, since we don't have the option at this particular moment of buying insurance against that, it's all about proper planning, financial planning, and lifestyle planning, and we're going to be talking about that. We are. We're going to be talking about that on Tuesday, October 23rd. That's at 7 p.m. at the Oak Ridge Co-op Wine Spirits Beer. Um, please join us, and if you'd like to, um, give us a call um, to register at 403-966-8400. Once again, 966-8400, or online at uh, morethanmoneyradio.ca. Stick around after the break. We're going to be talking about staying safe in your home. The Calgary Fire Department has lots of really useful information on that. You're on 770 CHQR and More Than Money. Welcome back. You're here with Dave and Andrew. You're on 770 CHQR and More Than Money. Uh, Andrew, as I said, nice to have you uh, again today. It's always a pleasure uh, when uh, Faisal's away to to have you join me. Well, it seems a little weird, you know. One month in a row, you know, seems to be going on. Four weeks and Faisal's gone again. Yeah, that's right. I don't know. We'll have to talk to him about his uh, holiday schedule, I think, yeah, <laughs> now that you mention it. Listen, we've got an important piece to finish the show up on today, um, and we touch base every once in a while with the uh, Calgary Fire Department because they've got some uh, terrific um, uh, programs, education, information about how to keep your home safe, right? As mm-hmm. you age, um, there's uh, some very specific training that the fire department does uh, to interact with people that are, you know, uh, dementia patients or are suffering from dementia. And there's also, uh, you know, a program about um, about what happens, falls, preventing falls, those kinds of things. We're going to welcome to the show Derek Arthur. He's a community safety officer and he's a firefighter with the Calgary Fire Department. Derek, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me on. There's, uh, we've got lots to cover in a relatively short period of time, so I think I'm just going to jump right into this because I'm interested. I mean, we, we do keep in touch with you guys, and you've got some terrific programs, a uh, whole bunch of different programs. But I want you maybe yeah. to start with some comments on how uh, somebody can make sure that they're, you know, if you've got older parents or perhaps you're aging and you're in your home, um, just some general comments about how you can keep your home safe as, you know, both from fire but in, in general terms as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as you probably uh, know, uh, Fire Prevention Week is uh, coming up the second week of October. So right. this is uh, very timely information. And uh, uh, to just speak about uh, ensuring that uh, parents or uh, older adults are, are safe, uh, we promote uh, not only fire safety with the Calgary Fire Department, but yep. we uh, have identified that uh, a lot of people... Uh, suffer from falls uh, and trips in in their homes. So we uh, promote a program within the city of Calgary called uh, Remembering When, and it's a fire and fall prevention uh, program where we offer offer safety tips to uh, uh, the public. And uh, yeah, the, probably the the most uh, uh, important key points that we can reinforce are from a uh, fire perspective is. Yeah. Uh, the importance of having working smoke alarms in your home. Right. Uh, we encourage everyone to uh, t- to test them monthly uh, by simply pressing the, the button in the middle, and uh, t- they should sound. If they don't sound, then there's a problem either with the alarm itself or a, a battery. Yep. And uh, we also encourage people to change their smoke alarms out every 10 years. So if uh, you have a 
a smoke alarm that you uh, expect to be over that 10-year period, uh, it's easy to uh, uh, take it down, inspect. There should be a, uh, a date of manufacture on the back indicating uh, when it uh, was actually uh, built or manufactured, and then to go off that 10-year period uh, is what we recommend. And, uh, yeah, there's uh, our fire uh, <laughs> uh, d- uh, message for the day, but I could also uh, d- uh, offer up some uh, d- information on falls as well. Hey, uh, while I've got you on that on that topic of that fire um, uh, fire alarm system, um, is that for just a, a, a battery-operated um, module, or does that include the hardwired systems that a lot of homes have today, um, Derek? Excellent question. Yeah, it's uh, the same for both, for both battery and hardwired uh, smoke alarms. Uh, 10-year lifespan on both battery and, and hardwired. Uh, even smoke alarms that might have uh, a combo where they are hardwired and they have a battery backup, again, that 10-year uh, life on it. And also, if uh, some people are uh, uh, purchasing smoke alarms with uh, the newer technology where it's the combination uh, carbon monoxide and smoke, right. again, it's uh, a 10-year lifespan for those as well. Okay. Let's, yeah, I do want to talk about some of maybe the common mistakes or the oversights that you know the average person might uh, not consider that could lead to increased danger in the home. So can you speak generally about some of those? Absolutely. Yeah, the, our uh, our number one uh, cause of uh, of fires in in the city of Calgary uh, year after year are cooking fires. So uh-huh. uh, again, we uh, encourage people to stay alert, uh, stay in the kitchen when they are cooking. Uh, one of our uh, slogans is "Keep an eye on what you fry." So uh, if you're you're in the kitchen, uh, uh, be aware of of what you're doing. If for whatever reason you do get a phone call or you do have to leave the kitchen. Uh, if a, a grandchild or somebody's crying, we we want people to turn off the stove, uh, the stove top, and or set a timer or something that would rem- remind them. Yeah. Uh, as well, uh, we've seen uh, quite an increase uh, this year uh, with smoking-related fires in the, the city of Calgary. Uh, we've seen an over a seven percent increase over t- 2017, and mm-hmm. right now uh, smoking fires, uh, which are basically uh, associated to the improper disposal of smoking materials. Uh, it's up to basically 20% of our uh, fires, overall uh, residential structure fires in Calgary. So that's one in five fires that are uh, occurring this year uh, that are a direct result to in improper disposal of uh, smoking materials. So again, we just encourage everyone to properly uh, put out their, uh, their cigarettes, uh, smoke outside if you do smoke, and uh, never smoke in bed. Make sure that they're uh, they're put out uh, completely. Well, that's a pretty massive increase, actually. That's yeah. uh, that's surprising. Um, so yeah. th- that that's good advice for uh, for people in the home. What about for caregivers? So both Andrew and I, um, I've been families have been touched with uh, with dementia, and you know, always interested in sort of the kinds of and you guys do special training around this. But any special tips that you can give to care to caregivers that are dealing with um, you know people suffering from dementia. From dementia, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, a lot of it is uh, very similar to our fire and and fall uh, safety messages. Uh, Again, it's an opportunity to have that conversation with uh, uh, families, uh, not only on uh, just safety in the home, but even uh, if if there was an emergency, uh, having that escape plan uh, where 
basically uh, do you have the the meeting place outside and everyone in the family is familiar on where to go in the case of uh, an older adult who has dementia then uh, we definitely want the family to have that conversation about uh, how to keep them safe in in the home and uh, just addressing different uh, uh, topics like uh, fires and uh, if if somebody's uh, um, perhaps having a difficulty with cooking, maybe it's time to uh, uh, not allow them to use the stove anymore and focus more on microwaves. Again, uh, steam burns with a kettle, uh, someone with dementia, uh, again, it, it might be that opportunity to maybe even remove that from their, their cooking area. Yep. Uh, as well, uh, we see a lot of uh, people that are do some hoarding if uh, they do develop oh, yeah. dementia. So yep. mm-hmm. again, uh, just being aware, uh, families can, can uh, look through the uh, the uh, the home uh, for any of these fire hazards, and if they do identify them, then they can also uh, uh, remove uh, uh, those hazards. Yeah, those hazards. Okay, we're going to give you a, a chance to plug Fire Safety Week. What can we expect? <laughs> Yeah, throughout the uh, the city of Calgary, we uh, we have the second week of October. We have numerous events uh, uh, happening. We have uh, uh, a junior fire chief announcement, which is typically our uh, our big kickoff, where we select a uh, elementary school child to be our fire safety ambassador for the year. Yep. Uh, as well, we'll uh, be hosting four different open houses uh, on Saturday, October thirteenth. And we invite uh, all the uh, all Calgarians to, to make it out to your local uh, uh, fire hall. We have one uh, uh, open house in each quadrant of the city on that Saturday, October 13th. And uh, the public can find more information uh, on our website, calgary.ca slash fire. And uh, we also have a, a couple other little media uh, events planned and smoke alarm blitzes in uh, some other communities but again all that information is available uh, on our website or uh, through 311 sounds great Derek thank you for joining us today my pleasure thanks we've been joined by Derek Arthurs he's a community safety officer and firefighter with the Calgary Fire Department um, uh, Andrew we talk about uh, all kinds of safety right yeah. um, and it's an important piece of the aging process to make sure that we're conscious of what's happening uh, so that the you know the quality of the experience, quality of care is uh, is in place. So we always appreciate uh, you know the Calgary Fire Department well, joining and, us and some great tips in regards to you know looking at uh, some of the cooking things you do at the home. Yep. And particularly like you know one of the things that I had a problem with with my mom was she was she was leaving the oven open to heat the house. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So things like that can really be a, a big a big problem, a big in, problem. In, in that thing, Dave. But you uh, bet. Hey, listen, we've got an upcoming seminar uh, that we should remind everybody about. Uh, the last couple of seminars have been really fantastic, great questions, and we'd love to see uh, we'd love to see out if you're interested in in process of retirement, right? Yeah, and that's uh, that seminar is coming up on Tuesday, October 23rd at 7 p.m. at the Oak Ridge Co-op Wine Spirits Beer. Um, and to register, give us a call at 403-966-8400. Once again, that's 966-8400, or you can uh, go to money more than money radio ca. Yeah, that's uh, that's good. We'd love to see you out. Um, we've got to wrap up another show, uh, and thank you for joining us. But I want to remind you that any of the past segments or the segments that we did today will be on morethanmoneyradio.com, and you can have them delivered directly to you uh, by searching for more than, uh, more than Money CHQR. That's More Than Money CHQR on iTunes or in your favorite podcast app. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of More Than Money. 
on 770 CHQ. David Popovich and Faisal Carmeli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodcundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmeli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodcundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodcundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. David Popovich and Faisal Carmeli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodcundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmeli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodcundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodcundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada.